We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Knicks will join the Utah Jazz as the only teams in the NBA to win at least nine consecutive games this season. Their seventh straight here at the Garden, ninth consecutive victory overall. Knicks over the Raptors, 120 to 103. Randall leading the way once again with 31 points, and Derrick Rose was huge off the bench. Knicks, longest winning streak. Since March and April of 2013. Alrighty, boys and girls. As you can tell, I'm not John Macri. For those who are unaware, he is away because God called and told him to have a uh, his godson to have a, a christening, a thing today, a communion. I think that's what it was. The New York Knicks have won nine games in a row. And yes, that hoodie is still there and it has not moved. For the past nine games, I, I guys, I'm, I'm not even saying it's the reason, because obviously there are plenty of people on the roster that are actually the reason why. But this is hands down. And I think this gets talked about a lot. And I'm like, I'm 32 years old and I've seen a lot of Knicks basketball in my life. This is the most fun I've ever had. And I, and I get the 2012-13 season. I understand why that season meant a lot. Those like the mellow year, like Kenyon Martin coming onto the team late in the season, uh, the Raymond Felton, Prigioni, uh, Tyson Chan, like all those guys were great. However, that team had expectations. That team started to get us thinking that they could make a run into the finals. So there was always this, well, we'll see what they do in the playoffs, especially with like Jason Kidd and all these guys that were close to retirement on that team. This year, the fact that there were no expectations whatsoever has made it that much sweeter. Cause I don't I don't know what the ceiling is anymore. I know I'm done figure like putting a ceiling on it. I'm done saying, well, 500 would be great. The playing would be awesome. Like the, the tweet I said in the preseason was give me the 10th seed. Let us be where Toronto is right now. No, this team is 34 and 27, has the Second longest winning streak in the NBA this year, a legitimate MVP candidate. And I'll talk about Randall in just a second, how sweet it is. And for people that keep bringing up how, how tough the schedule is, how, how tough that the Knicks are going to have to, the, the, the road they're going to have to get to, to, to be the four seed. Because as much as I enjoyed all the content this week about the good Knicks stuff, everybody always had the caveat. Well, it might fall off. You know, they have a tough schedule down the stretch. They have this West Coast trip. How about this? All these other teams have to play the Knicks. The Knicks are the tough part of their schedule going forward. That's where I am at this point. I'm done putting a cap on this year. Every time I, I hear, oh, well, Toronto has a good plus minus, a good net rating. Oh, well, they'll probably fall off in the second half. Oh, well, the three-pointers are eventually going to stop falling. No, I'm sorry. 
This team's legit, and I'm just enjoying the ride, but I'm starting to get a little irrational about it, too. Uh, how sweet it is. Uh, if, again, if you're just joining, John Macri is not here. I'm Andrew Claudio, the super producer of Nick's Film School, and we're going to celebrate this winning streak. Let's get into the super chat before I start my recap. From Young Lito, I'm naming my firstborn Julius, boy or girl. You know, that actually works, because if you wanted to go Julius for a boy, that's fine, but for a girl, it could be Julia, and you could just tell her forever, you know, you're named after Julius Randall, the reason that the Knicks are, you know, were able to make this comeback. Um, Robert W. Cross, what up, sir? We are Eastern Conference favorites. There you go. Go New York. Go New York. Go. Hell yeah. We are Eastern Conference favorites. I'm not even sure favorites in what. I just know that every game, I think they have a chance to win. And yes, that includes this big, bad West Coast trip that's coming up soon. Junkhart Athens. I want to shove my face in that hoodie. Well, if you'd like to get your own and shove your face in that hoodie, head on over to the KFS merch store. They're on sale for the rest of the day, I think. Um, I actually just had an order come in today um, with a bunch of shirts. Uh, oh, these mugs right here, I guess you guys saw. Um, my stickers came. They're on the back of the laptop that I'm doing this live stream on right now. Uh, the shirts, the hoodies, they're so comfortable, too. It's so hard to find like a merch that actually... like works and shout out to T public. They've been really good to us so far. And the material is actually good too. Um, hold up. Cappuccini was here. Dom Cappuccini. Great win. I love this season. Mr. Larry, come on by this summer and send an elf on a rocket. If you had a choice Rose or Burks to bring back, chances are that's what happens. That's a great question. And I will get to it in a minute. My initial thought is Rose. Because they're doing all of this despite Alec Burks. However, it's a good question to have. Um, yeah, I, I it's a good problem to have. Which productive role player do you want to bring back? Um, JM Prego, $5. I shouldn't say the totals, but thank you, JM Prego. I'm paying you to not move that sweatshirt. That's all. Listen, I'm kind of in the middle of like between places right now. So I like. I might not need to. I might just leave it here when I leave here and it just stays on the wall over there. So I believe me, I am at the point where even if it is stupid that this hoodie is not responsible for the winning streak, let's just like wait for them to lose and then I'll move it. How's that? Uh, Zolo J. Um, maybe I'm just riding the way, but I think this Knicks, these Knicks could fuck around and make the finals like the Heat did last season. What say you? Look, this when you have these shortened seasons, at least the two that I've been three now that I've been alive for, something weird's happened. The 99 Knicks, after a 50-game shortened season, made the finals. I guess the strike shortened season in in 2012, uh, nothing weird happened except LeBron got a ring. Oh no, wait, the Bulls as an eighth seed, uh, the Bulls lost to the Sixers, who were an eighth seed, which obviously Derrick Rose got hurt. And then the Celtics, who were a five seed, almost made it to the finals. So if LeBron didn't turn into um, what we now know is, you know, LeBron mode, um, if it doesn't have that game six, maybe something weird would happen then. Obviously, the Heat made it last year. I think the Knicks will have a chance, is what I will say. They are in every game. Their foundation is on defense. Why not us? That's that's where I'll go with that. Why not us? And last but not least, Anthony Sixto. Uh, Andrew, your office has serious 90s basketball energy, and I love it. How about Obi today? There's a reason. I grew up in the 90s watching basketball. Um, yeah, like literally that whole the, the whole pattern. It's from Space Jam, Logan, to like the shot that's over here. The poster there is mellow against uh, the Bulls on Easter, the game that John forgot about. Um, so, yeah, uh, I have the homie Chris Percy Einan checking up on uh super chat so i'm gonna dive in my recap we're real quick one more uh rev john ortiz we go into the ship what we go into the ship shout out to the homie john ortiz um sure why not why not us so let's talk about this game and i gotta start with the man who has started to get the attention he deserves and that's julius randall so I hinted at it in the first time I did one of these things. How? Because it was right after he had put that Players Tribune article out there. So today he finishes with 31.7, 31 points, 10 rebounds, one assist, 
10 of 17 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3 in 39 minutes was a plus 7 for the game. Now, here's what I'll say about Randall. I, I hesitate to use the word important because that word just, like, especially in movies, when I like to talk to people about movies, like, oh, this movie is important. You need to watch it. It's like, all right, it's, it's just good. Like, we can just say it's good. Um, this season that he's having, look, the Brooklyn part of this, like, it really shouldn't mean that much, but the idea that people are putting out there that the effect of Katie and Kyrie going to the Nets over the Knicks, what it would have is on the young basketball fan, the 10, 11, 12, 13 year old. Like that was a thing. Like whether we want to admit it or not, that was a thing because like I got into the Knicks because I was told about Bernard and the Knicks were good. And then I got people into the Knicks because of how good the nineties were. And then we had that mini stretch with Mello, And then there was all that throwback to the nineties. Recently, there really wasn't much to turn back to and a lot of bad. And what Randall's done this season, yes, there's this thing going on in Brooklyn. Who knows how how far it ends up going? But like now there will be a generation of Knicks fans who say, I became a Knicks fan that year Julius Randall made All-NBA. I became a Knicks fan that year they were slated to, projected to win 22 games by, Ve by Vegas. And then Julius Randall and the Knicks were the four seed and made a run in the playoffs. Like, I'm telling you, this season, look, contract extensions aside, we'll let the people that, that do that figure that out. But what he's turned himself into, the identity he's found in this city, the way he's endeared himself to this fan base, I'm telling you, man, I, especially since we're Knicks fans, we don't have a lot of people that became fans of this franchise because they want us something, you know? Like, my reason I became a Knicks fan is the 99 team. They lost in the end. So to have this be the season, like that's very much a Knicks thing. Like it, it's the hard work that he's put in. It's the way he's redefined his game. And I'm glad the big takeaway I had from this week is that now the league is starting to notice. Now the national media is starting to notice. Now everybody that has a vote for significant awards is going to start to notice. And shout out to Julius Randle for doing it for my team. That's for sure. Um, as far as uh, who else affected this game, R.J. Barrett, how, what else can you say? He's starting to develop a pattern where he gets these slow first halves and then comes out in the second half. I really like, like we earlier in the season, we used to give Tibbs a lot of shit for his rotations, and I will talk about, we'll mention one player that I wish he would rotate into the sun. Um, but he's started this thing with Alec Burks out where he'll go to RJ with the second unit and it's like, we'll let you run the offense that like, we'll let you have a chance to cook against the second unit. And it's what I've been begging for, for him to stagger the lineup a little bit. And it started to, you see it in the plus minuses, you see it in different lineups, you see it in different games. When they go to the second unit, the Knicks extend leads, they retake leads. And some of that has to do with RJ. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's a weapon come postseason that they have this lineup like the war. I'm not going to go as far as to say the Warriors death lineup because it's crazy. But in the Eastern Conference, why can't that be a reason that the Knicks who are playing dead even with the starters? Then all of a sudden, oh, the Knicks are up 12. How'd we get here? Um, part of that, though, is Derrick Rose. And I mean, what else can you say? Derrick Rose was plus 25 in plus 26 in 33 minutes today. Um, he continues to be to, to make me reconsider if I he was ever that bad in 2017. Now, the answer to that is yes, he was that bad in 20, 2016, 17. Um, I, I made this joke last time. I used to call him Eric Rose because he didn't play D. And now he's like a focal point of their attack or their on ball attack defense. You know, the, the switching that they do, you're not losing a step when Derrick Rose is on the court. Him and Taj have really anchored that. Maybe he just had to play for Tibbs and not Hornacek. And that was the difference maker. So I look, the, you're going to hear a lot of Lowry. You're going to hear a lot of Lonzo. You're going to hear a lot of Schroeder. You're going to hear a lot of, of players get mentioned as possible additions or upgrades at the point guard position. Look, maybe just drafting Davion Mitchell in the late first and letting Derrick Rose be the starter 
is the option here. I'm not necessarily at the point where I trust his body. I think every single person that saw him fall in the fourth quarter had a, a minor heart attack. But look, not for nothing. I would like to see maybe what this team looks like with Derrick Rose playing starters minutes, which he technically is, but I'm saying more with the starters next season. Um, I don't know. I think the whole point of what I just said was maybe Derrick Rose is the answer at point guard that we've been talking about and be looking for. It's already on the team. Maybe you can get him at a discount because he's playing for his coach that he apparently turns into a superstar again for. Um, other players from this game I want to highlight. Look, Obi Toppin continues to show that overreacting to a rookie season is ridiculous. And I'm happy to say that I think he might, I think he might actually have found a role in this team where Tibbs is going to trust him. He only played nine minutes today, but didn't it feel like, like you weren't losing anything with Obi on the court? Like granted, Randall's going to play his 37 to 41 minutes a game, but now you're not afraid when Obi's not on the floor. And if he can contribute, whether it be defensively, just holding his own or hitting those big threes today, I think we're on like a third straight week where Obi Toppin has been a positive contribution to this team. Um, and last but not least, uh, the, the big guys, Taj Gibson playing with a, a Terminator eye. And I don't I, legit. This is where professional athletes are different than us regular people. Uh, if my eye looks like that, I'm not going to work. Just flat out, this is my excuse, boss. I'm sending you a picture of this, and I'm going back to bed because my eye looks like this. And he's like, give me a pair of goggles. I will play 20 minutes for you tonight, Tibbs. That's like in a contact sport where you could get hurt again and maybe lose your eye. Uh, he was big today, and Nerlens Noel. Look, I've said a lot about the center position, how it's a lot like the running back position. It's very indispensable. It's replaceable, but... I don't want to replace Nerlens Noel at this point. Like the the scary thing about this year is maybe he's made the the Mitchell Robinson conversation easier. It's like we don't want to overpay you, Mitch. Either take a, a minimum salary, take a, a, a generous contract that we could give you, or we'll just turn to Nerlens Noel. Um, he's been he's been irreplaceable at this point. If anything, we upgraded who, who thought that when Mitchell Robinson went down, that we were upgrading to Nerlens Noel. And that's what type of rim protection he's been so far this season. Um, I will get to the negative in just a second, but I will respond to some in the super chat. So Dom Cappuccini, uh, no question. Julius is NBA all NBA at this point. Uh, again, it, it's not even a question of if at this point for me, it's what team, but like, could he get to all NBA second team? Cause like, what is it? Zion? No. Jimmy Butler? No. Uh, Paul George. Look, the Clippers are really good. And do you want to put two teams on the second two, two forwards on that team on the second team? I'll hear it. <sighs> do I dare say that he deserves it over LeBron James? So let me just, I won't go there. I'm not, I'm not that bold yet, but let me just say this. If LeBron was averaging 24, 24, 11, and six on 41% from three and had the second longest winning streak in the league. Wouldn't he be getting the same treatment? Like, wouldn't we be saying that like LeBron should be the MVP of the league? You know? Um, yeah, I, that's all I'll say about LeBron. I, I think if he were to play the whole season, then this wouldn't even be a question, but I at least like to have that conversation. I might even end up saying LeBron gets it, but I'm good. Like at this point, I'm good. Um, Tim, hold on. Chris, just a little on air producing. Chris, actually take a picture of the chat and send it to me. I don't want to miss it that way. Tim Kim, Nick's toying with teams handicapping themselves with Alfred starting. When Rose comes in, you know it's time to actually play ball. I want to wait a minute. Let me finish the super chat and I'll talk about Alfred Payton. It, it's inevitable that we have to do this. Um, Kevin Carey, I think that's how you pronounce your last name. The momentum completely shifted in this game in the third when Rose centered for Rose entered for Elf. All right, this is gonna <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry, guys. Let me let me finish the super chat. Catch up in the super chat, and then then we'll talk about him. Andrew uh, from Brian Cotter. Andrew, you hang up that sweatshirt as the real MVP, protected at all costs. We go into the conference finals, baby. I'm at the point where I can't even like go frame it. You know, like I have a fan that's blowing at me right now that 
like I'm a big dude, so I need it so I don't sweat a ton, but I'm legit afraid to turn it a little more because it might knock down the hoodie. And I'm not, listen, I we don't lie to each other on this here at Nick's Film School. So I would tell you guys if it happened, but I don't want to even accidentally knock it down. That's how superstitious I am. I'm not even a little stitious anymore. I'm all the way stitious. I'm like KP, Chris Perziainen. I'm blasting Gunna after the game because because you showed him, you showed us him. And because of that hoodie, we're doing our part. And then, then the Knicks are doing theirs. Um, and Stephen B. Guillaume, always a staple in the Super Chat. Um, nine in a row. That's it. That's the Super Chat. How sweet it is, guys. All right. So while this is a negative, uh, a positive post-game live stream, Here's the thing about Alfred Payton. So he only played 15 minutes today and was a minus nine. He was the only person with a minus plus minus in the game. And it was obvious when it was happening. And at the garden, they were chanting, we want Rose. And I, I've i gotten to the point where I think Tibbs is doing this because Rose can't play 48 minutes. And he doesn't trust Frank. Now, whether he should or not is a completely different story. But you've seen Elf's minutes get lower and lower and less and less as this team has started to find an identity with with Derrick Rose on the court and with quickly even and playing more minutes. But I got to think that Tibbs is thinking is like Derrick Rose is going to play 35 minutes. He's got an injury history. I just need Peyton to not completely blow the game. I need a point guard that won't be a net negative. The problem, Tibbs, as much as I think you should be the coach of the year, is that Alfred Payton is a net negative. We're, we've been watching this all season. How many times are you not going to pass to R.J. Barrett? How many times are you not going to uh, be on a fast break and you pull up and you end up taking the shot anyway? Um, and the frustrating part is, like, we, we did the Oscar pod and, and Yash went on this rant about Alfred Payton and introduced the three emojis, the rocket, the elf, and the sun. Like, I feel bad at this point, but that's on Tibbs. That's on the Knicks. He's getting criticized and the hatred from the fan base because you keep forcing him to play in these situations. You can't tell me that Frank and his defense isn't enough to, in 15 minutes, to just be a, a net positive, start Derrick Rose for seven minutes, then let Frank play, then bring out Derrick Rose for the second quarter. Like balance it out that way. If you'd like, there has to be an alternative. Cause at, at this point I feel bad. We're on game 61 and I'm still criticizing Alfred Payton's for the same thing I was doing back in game 21. At this point, there's nothing new to say. The same problems are happening. Teams are, are, literally coaching the Knicks and game planning around leave Alfred Payton open, let him try to cook. And maybe some games he'll make them and he'll have one of these six for eight that justifies people on Twitter that think they're conspiracy theorists out there. And then the other games he'll go two for six and be the only minus nine. You know, part it is in a game where the Knicks won by 17 to have a minus nine, especially when you only played 15 minutes. Anyway, that's that's really all I want to say about Peyton. And look, I saw Theo Pin Theo Pinson's cameo. There's the theory that we talked about on locker room today that that Schwinn brought to our attention that Julius and Peyton have the same agent, and that's why Peyton has been playing as much as he has. But I'm at the point where like that shit shouldn't matter anymore. This we're like come playoff time. If I'm sitting here and RJ and RJ and Alfred Payton like cost the Knicks a playoff game, it's malpractice at this point. Um, BX Boy 71. When Burks comes back, there is no reason for Payton to get any minutes. That's a good point. Rose quickly, Burks, Randall, and RJ can handle the playmaking enough. You know, I wonder if Tibbs would actually pull the trigger on that. That is a, a good point. I don't think he would, but I. I you got me thinking. Maybe, maybe that is a a potential possibility. Mm. We did see it a little bit, right? We saw when when Peyton was out that went and Derrick Rose was out that they went with with Burks running the point for a bit. Um, maybe maybe it's a matchups thing. Um, you know, I, I've had some conversations with people about that there has to be a role where Peyton just plays thirteen minutes and then we're fine. 
no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're at the point where I, DNPs need to start piling up for him, not minutes. So um, let me dive into the chat a little bit. Although, hold on. I didn't talk about Reggie Bullock at all today, did I? Um, I mentioned a, a little some of the, I mentioned Alec Burks. I'm at the point with with Reggie Bullock where that's a guy you have to bring back. Those three and D guys are hard to find, although that's like a specialty in the NBA. Um, Reggie Bullock, that that catch and shoot that he has with with Randall, that he has with everybody, he's their most reliable three point shooter at this point. Um, he was solid. He's been a big part of their defense as well. Um, so he's been good. And then IQ, even I, I, I can't I, see. Here's the thing about Mayo quickly. He probably, for him, he didn't have one of these games where he had 31 points in four minutes, you know, one of those explosions. But he was, he puts pressure on defenses. He makes it that you have to honor him and you can't just leave him open. And as a result, his plus minus was legitimate and matches the eye test as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, also, the last time that I was on one of these, the beginning of the winning streak, um, I didn't mention him, and he was like the reason that they came back. So I just want to mention, Emmanuel, quickly, you've been great this season. I think you should make an all-rookie team, and I hope you do as well. Um, ah, thank you, Chris. I think I got to this one. I got to BX Boy. Shout out to Chris Percyinen, the who's like the unsung hero, our, our kind of our He's our rookie of the year. How about that? That's what we'll call Chris for, for KFS. Okay. So I'll dive into the chat a little bit. Uh, you guys throw your questions at me. I'll do my best to get maybe 20 minutes in, maybe 15 minutes in. We're only at 25 minutes so far. I don't have a Tibbs postgame presser because I'm not as important as one Mr. Mac Lowe, Jonathan Macri. Uh, so I'm all yours for the next 15 minutes. Drop your questions. Um, first, last opponents are trying to take away Bullock now and yet it's not working. He still had four or five threes today. So good luck trying. Um, is it from Jonas Plout? You know, I was terrified that Jonas Plout was going to ask a question because he always asks incredible questions. So Jonas Plout, is it bigger? Is it a bigger miracle that we are 34 and 27 that we are 34-27 with Peyton as our starting point guard. The answer is yes to both. I know it's an either or. The answer is yes. It's a miracle this team is 34-27. and 27. Um, I will say, I, I used to say it earlier in the season that the hypothetical, it's not early, like recently I've started to ask this, what would this team be if they made the Chris Paul trade? And the problem that I keep running into is they probably would have had to include Randall in that deal. So I don't even know what, what this team would be with, with Chris Paul. Cause I think Obi's starting and we saw what kind of project he is. Um, so I, maybe if they just made the Fred Van Vliet signing over Alfred Payton and then there's your cap space, but then like Derek Rose doesn't come here. I really don't know what other alternative. I think this, you know, John's at a communion today, like God's plan is perfect. That thinking. Yeah. that that philosophy, everything was supposed to happen as, it did. And so I will take it that um, that Alfred Payton being on this team and being the thing this team has to go through is is all part of the plan. Um, Stanley, man. Yeah. Van Fleet wanted no part of the Knicks. I agree. I do wonder if you went to him and said, here's a max contract, which I don't even want them to do. Um, 
then he would have said yes, but who knows? Uh, Rev John Ortiz, can we afford to bring back Bullock, Rose, and Noel? You can't afford it. Yeah, like they still have cap space available. The problem is you're not really getting much else then because like this team does have a lot of decisions to make. Burks, Noel, Bullock, Taj, um, Frank has an option. Um, Mitch, obviously there's that contract. We, we talked about it on the with Oz and Yash the other day. I don't know what this team's going to look like next year because there are going to be dudes out there looking for upgrades. It's why, like, maximize what you got on out of this season because I don't know what this team's going to look like next year. Now, if you replace two of those guys with a superstar, it makes the blow to a couple role players easier, and it makes the guys that you replace them with easier to replace because they're playing with superstars. Look at what happened with the Nets this year. Sterling Brown or, or a Bruce Brown and, and Claxton and... All these other guys have been playing great because they're playing with superstars. Um, so it's 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 a good question for Brock Aller and and Leon and 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 Wes and those guys because they're they've got a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Newton Burrow Baragohine. I, I think I said your last name correctly. I apologize if I got it wrong, but I think I said it correctly. What will be the closing lineup of the playoffs for the Knicks? I think you're seeing it. I think it's Derek Rose, it's RJ Barrett, it's Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel, Ortaj, whoever is is being more effective, and then either Reggie or Quickly, depending on who's hotter or what you need down the stretch. If you need defense, you go with Bullock. If you're trailing, you probably you probably go with Quickly. But again, you could keep Bullock in there and you're fine. Either or are the options as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that's your closing lineup. That's what you've been seeing recently, and they haven't lost recently, so it's even better. Uh, Mad Fury 112, start Frank instead of Elf, and then play Burke until he, when he comes back. He did not play point with Golden State and Philly. Uh, he did play point with Golden State and Philly. Look, I'm all for it. Whether Tibbs is going to do it is a completely different story, so I highly doubt it. Um, look, uh, the... It's the one negative on this team right now. It's the 1%. It's the 1% criticism that you can give to Tibbs this season is that he has not pulled the plug enough on Alfred Payton, which, by the way, he has significantly. He's given the, he's turned things over to Derrick Rose a lot, and we're starting to see a rotation that at least I can live with. I just, everybody at the start of the third quarter, we know what's happening. Another teams are going to make their run, and here we are. The Knicks survived today because... They eventually pulled the plug in the third quarter and Derrick Rose and quickly and, and OB and, and uh, Taj and that second unit came in and built a 17 point lead. Um, Ryan Huang. Uh, oh, I missed it. Oh, there we go. Offense coming out slow of halftime with Peyton running the point. So it's what I said um, is about as sure of a bet as Rose coming out and starting three for three. Yep. Great point. Um, Big Blue 56, do you think they can include Mitch in a deal since they just signed uh, Norvell Pell to a multi-year deal? I don't... That's a question for Jeremy because I don't know how that works because they could they could accept Mitch's offer and I don't know if he's able to be traded... Or his, his option. Um, so he's here on a one-year deal. And I don't know how soon you can trade a guy like that or you can decline his option and he's a restricted free agent. So I don't know. Like, I've, that's a question for Jeremy. Honestly, I, I mean, Jeremy, if you're listening, if you're watching, please answer that question on Twitter. Um, let's see. You say Frank can't start. Yao Song, you say Frank can't start, but see very well that Peyton can't. Again, I'm right there with you guys on just not not Alfred Peyton. Like someone asked that on Locker Room today that like, what's the biggest, what's the worst case scenario for this offseason? If we get an alert from Woj at some point in, in I guess, now August, Knicks have re-signed Alfred Payton to, like, a four-year deal. Like, free agency is on my birthday this year. So you better believe, like, birthday ruined. The end. I'm just not having cake. Shout out to cake, because it's awesome. Um, Ground Floor Podcast. Ah! Shout out Jesse Finra, the host of the Ground Floor Podcast. The homie. How much would you pay Noel this offseason? Four for 60. No, I'm not paying a center that's not Joel Embiid. Um, uh, Joel Embiid, Jokic, or out of bio more 
well, well, yes, those guys are making ridiculous money. Maybe four for 60 is the market. See, here's the problem. What are they paying Noel this year? Like the center position, as much as I love Jones Noel and as much as I've enjoyed him and Taj picking up the slack for Mitch, it's replaceable. Uh, it's a running backs. Look like the Giants averaged like close to the same amount of run uh, yards per rush last season when Saquon went out because Wayne Gallman stepped up because running is mostly based on the offensive line. As long as it's not like an overpay for Drummond, you can find centers that have a low usage rate and you don't need them to score much. And it's just like protect the rim. That's your job. And Noel's been perfect, but I like, okay. So Nick Setter three for 30, that makes a little more sense for me. Um, um, with Nerlens Noel, I'm not I'm not going to to 15 million because then that that contract becomes untradeable at that point. Um, uh, Trevor McKenzie, great point. A lot of these guys aren't going to demand a lot of money. Their success is predicated on the team. While I agree that there's like there's also a culture that that word's stupid, but there's a culture going on here. And maybe just like I want to stay here can be this the pitch that they make like like what you're gonna go to Oklahoma City or Detroit and make more money but you live in Oklahoma City or Detroit or take a pay cut be part of something special here I don't know how much that works because you know money talks at a certain point um, but I, I still think that at the end of the day you individually have to make the best decision for you and your finances. And some of that might include, you know, taking more money from someplace else, which you have to see. This is where the Brock dollars of the world, them finding these guys in the margins, like an Alex Burke for, Burks for cheap or Reggie Bullock for cheap or a, a Taj or Noel and all these, these fringe guys, these role players. That's where they come in handy because they'll be able to find the guys that we're talking about, the replacement level versions of that next season. You don't have to overpay for them. So uh, Tim Wetmore, Andrew, you are the goat always doing a great job when Macri is out and behind the scenes. You are the Nerlens Noel Taj Gibson of KFS unsung hero. Uh, I didn't mean to just read a compliment. I really didn't. I just saw my name and my eyes gravitated to it, but thank you, Tim. And I'd rather I'll be the Taj. I'm not, I mean, I'm old. I think John and I together, if he's Randall, I'll be tired. Sure. Why not? Um, AJ waters. Theo should get a lifetime deal. Shout out Theo Pinson. I I'm telling you it, if he could get the, the Udonis Haslam deal, um, I'd be, I'd be down. Just you're on the team. You're the, the cheerleader. I need you here for culture. Maybe he actually turns into something. So who knows? Um, Tariq, yes, stop it with these stupid trades already. Yeah, not for nothing. I'm enjoying this right now. Like, I'm enjoying the offseason projection talk. They've won nine in a row. Ask me about the playoffs, guys. Ask me about, like, how much I want Boston in the first round with this team and that mess of a roster. Like, that's what I want. Um, BWOZAR, look at you. Uh, shout out to Bernardo's Ozon Movies on Twitter. Check them out. Is there any Oscar win tomorrow that will give you more joy than nine in a row? So no, uh, for those who don't know, the Oscars are tomorrow. The Oscars are still happening. Um, I've talked about the movie Sound of Metal and how much I love that movie. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's lead uh, play, uh, Riz Ahmed is the star of that movie. And if if it won, I don't. I think it's only got a chance to win two or three. But if it somehow got if it's if sound of metal realistically got an oscar that i wasn't expecting i would say that is it um however uh i think as i'm working on my predictions which i was doing this morning it's it's pretty chalk is the way i'm i'm going with it so far um let's see jason m how much do you want boston in the playoffs that's actually the team if, you, if the knicks end up four five so here's like my dream scenario for the postseason. Let me put it to you this way. Knicks get the four seed. They play Boston in the first round. They beat Boston in, in five or six games. Then in the second round, they play Brooklyn, who's then the one seed. Like, give me a shot at them, man. I 
John's right. The, the peak version of Boston, the Knicks get swept. Give me, like, can I see it? Can I see that they're going to be healthy? Can I see that Kevin Durant coming off the historically worst injury in in NBA history is going to play two months of healthy basketball, is going to play 35 minutes in the postseason? Like, the Knicks haven't been blown out by the Nets yet this year. They've actually played them very well. It's easy to do that when they're a team that doesn't play defense and we're a team that does. Can I just see it? Can I see James Harden actually perform in a postseason series? Like, shout out to Kyrie. I think he'd be the best player in the series, actually. Can I see him not utilize his personal time off in a series? Like, can I see it? And then if it happens and the Knicks get swept, like, okay, it was as advertised. I just want to, like, can I see them not have a home game in a best of seven and see what this city looks like when the, when the Knicks are playing the Nets and the Knicks are, like, the number one thing isn't that Brooklyn might win tonight to achieve their championship hopes, but the Knicks might be able to upset and, and all of this shit that we heard two summers ago didn't matter because all it took was Leon Rose and Julius Randle to show and, and Tom Thibodeau to show up. And here we are, the Knicks are in the conference finals. Like that's my ideal scenario. That's my dream. Best case scenario. Give me Boston. Give me Brooklyn. You notice I didn't say Miami. I want no part of Miami in the first round. I, I think out is a problem. I think out guarding Julius Randle is a problem. I want no part that so i'll i'll pass um let's see everybody said yeah everybody's saying in the chat boston is their preferred scenario um ah shout out to fuddy um man fuddy you're you're a real pro dude not a semi-pro you're a pro i mean that um let's see stanley man uh Kyrie shot four of 19 against the celtics yesterday marcus smart took Kyrie's lunch money that's I will say that about Boston. They've got a lot of guys that are battle tested. Um, I think with these teams that make these runs, regardless of how young Tatum and Brown are, they eventually have that down year that's at the end of the run where it's like, all right, you know what? It's over. Like we we peaked, we have to reshuffle. Like Toronto, the team we played today, had that season multiple times where they kept getting bounced by LeBron. And then Messiah was like, all right, you know what? We got to shuffle things up. I don't know if that means that they're going to trade either Brown or Tatum. But I think this is the year that like, okay, they lose in the first round. I don't think it means firing Brad Stevens, but I think it means a legitimate shuffle of the roster. And, you know, they go into the offseason with that identity uh, and that plan. Um, Anthony Vasquez. We will beat the Suns on Monday. They will play back-to-back tomorrow. They'll face the Nets, then we play them Monday. Man, if the Knicks get to 10 wins in a row and their 10th win is against the Suns, if you want to have the Sports Talk Radio ramifications of that win conversation, so that's a win over Chris Paul, which might get him looking at what's happening in New York City, the, the team that he said he didn't want to go play for because there was no fans not realizing by by february we'd have fans and maybe that is more advertising uh appetizing um it's a it's a legitimate statement toward coach of the year if tibbs beats monty williams and then the knicks have won 10 in a row that's that's at least something you say like he he ended up he beat snyder once he beat williams once that's like there's part of your resume for tibbs um, and then it's just like, then who's can who, then look out for the Knicks, then them finishing out the season. I don't want to go crazy. They have 11 games left them going eight and three. The rest of the way, isn't that unrealistic? And we're talking about a 42 win team. If they beat Phoenix on, on Monday, like that changes things that that means that dare I say it, that's also a Western conference contender that the Knicks end up beating which means what for the Knicks in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, that'll be a good test. Now, all this that I just said could be mute because they could lose on Monday, and now we're starting from zero again, and I could finally take my hoodie down. Um, but, yeah, that it's a lot of ramifications to, to Monday's game. Um, Manny Bo, Bo, Bocieri, can we win 40 games this season? Yeah, we're... They, they have to go six and five the rest of the year to win 40 games? I'm, I'm more like, can they win 42? Can they get to 40? Can they win 43? Like that, that's where I am at this point. I don't know when, I don't know 
when the Knicks will lose again. I think they can lose games. That's not, I'm not saying they're unbeatable, but I'm at the point where I could see them winning every game the rest of the season. There's not an unwinnable game on the Knicks schedule the rest of the season. Something I did not expect to say back in, uh, back before the season last week, two weeks ago, who you say it, um, Henry Francis Randall for MVP. Eh? Is that a Canadian joke? Cause we played the Raptors today. Shout out to Canada, even though Tampa, whatever you want to call the Raptors. Um, Trevor McKenzie. I can't believe Randall is shooting the ball so well. It's literally amazing. I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, Stanley Mann, Vince Carter should, could, would match Taj for bald NBA veteran of the year. Um, I can't relate. I am blessed with a, a lock of head, a lock of hair. Wow. You know, I clip these things whenever John says something awkward. If he knew how to say that, if he knew how to do that, I think he just got one. A lock of hair is what I have. Um, Eastern Conference playoffs, here we come. Amen. Uh, first last, I think if we keep Mitch and Noel, we just need one more offensive player as good as Randall. Upgrade the point guard position. Like, start there. There's. I've started to look a little bit at the draft. The problem is I only like to look... I only like to look at the draft after I know where they're picking. That's where the guys like the Jake Rosens and the Spencer Perlmans and the, the Jonathan Wassermans, you know, like people that dedicate their full-time jobs to looking at the draft overall. So that way, when the board shows up, they know, oh yeah, this is where, where this team should be good. Um, I like to wait until the Knicks. I know what their pick is. And then I'll, I'll, I'll decide who I would like in that spot. Um, I've, I've started looking at Davion Mitchell. I'm looking at anybody that plays for Kentucky because I know that they will be interested. Although, you know, the, the kid that just passed away, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, um, that that's just, I'm you no, know I don't want to bring it down to this. Just shout out to his family. That's, that's a devastating thing to happen. Um, maybe the, the answer, the upgrade to playmaking is in the draft is my point there. Maybe you don't have to go looking in free agency this off season and we'll be good. Um, <laughs> Jason M Canadians will be rooting for the Knicks in the playoffs because of RJ. Are we accepting them on the bandwagon? What a boot. How about that? Sure. Why not? Welcome aboard. Eh? Sorry. Um, those are, I uh, listen, I used to date a Canadian and I made those, these jokes then I'm making those jokes now. Uh, Yao song 21 and 10 at home. Correct. Someone look this up. The Knicks have like, the sixth best, sixth most home wins this year, right? It's a legitimate home court advantage when they play at home. Now, granted, they've just won four in a row at home, but man, I, I, I fear I would fear playing in Madison Square Garden if I were a team going into the playoffs this year. Like, oh damn, we gotta go play at the Garden. They're they're really good there. Uh, Jonas Plout, how many wins will it take to get the four seed? Forty. Yeah, I think you get to 40 or the four seed. Um, Boston has a, a has somewhat of an easier schedule, but I think 40 gets you the four seed. Um, 43 definitely gets it. 42 definitely gets it. So the Knicks have 11 games left. They go eight and three in those. They're the four seed. I think if they go six and five, it'll be close because it means they finished. Man. They go five and six and they go 39 and 33. They're probably, I'd have to look at schedules, but I think that probably puts them at third. That probably puts them at five or six. So yeah, 40 would be, 40 would be close. And then if you get to 41 or 42, you're the four seed. That would be my estimation. Um, uh, Vince C, let's get wild. Bucks lose today and we start talking about the three seed. Your lips to God's ears. Abs I'm, I'm right there with you. See, here's the funny part. The Bucks. if the Bucks lose today, and that, I think, puts the Knicks at four back in the loss column, so then if you just do the math, the Knicks have the tiebreaker. So if the Knicks go eight and three, well, well so to get to the three seed, probably have to be nine and two. They'd have to get to 43 and, and 29, which is wild to think that that's what the Knicks finished with this year. Um, if the Bucks get, I think the Bucks would then have to go seven and four in that stretch, or they would have to only win seven more games, which 
Is it possible? Can we get crazy on this? And then your playoff matchups are completely different. Now, like, give me the three seed. Oh, wait, fuck. I just said it. Then they're probably playing Miami in the first round because they'd be the six seed. All right. I'm not, I'm not doing these galaxy brain hypotheticals. I am just hoping that the Knicks make the playoffs as at least the four seed and my scenario plays out. Um, wow, a lot of Canadians here. I didn't realize the Knicks had such a, a devote. Fi- oh, RJ, duh. RJ Barrett is Canadian. So, of course. All right. Welcome to the bandwagon, our okay, Canada. Okay. Jonas Plout, imagine we get to the point where we trigger the pig swap with the Clippers. So, no joke. I looked at this yesterday because I was like, you know what? They have the pick swap. Then I saw that the Clippers are 42 and 19. The Clippers would have to like lose out at that point because oh, the Knicks would have to win out and the Clippers would have to lose out. And then it's wild because. Now everything's coming up next. And then John needs to go to more communions and thank God for the divine intervention that has happened the last four, 25 games of this season. Um, let's see. Knicks fans all over the world. I got to say, and maybe this could be how we start to wrap up. I've been seeing this a lot lately that um, people from all over the world, from Greece, from Australia, from uh, obviously from Canada, from, from different parts are reaching out to me and John and um, just thanking us for doing our part in making this season special. And I don't, this is why, like, being a Knicks fan, like, Knicks fan in Thailand, here in Brazil, look, w- from Chile, I, we have so little to do with this. I'm just really good at audio video stuff. I have no Adobe Premiere and YouTube Live and, like, shout out to my education for that. But the Knicks are doing a lot of the work, and you guys are the reason we have a platform. We'd just be talking about it in a group chat if it wasn't for you guys. So um, it really is a legitimate family. You know, like I mentioned, I mentioned this over the weekend. Um, last week, we finally were able to have, exactly a week ago, actually, we were finally able to have a memorial for my uncle who passed away from COVID last year. And the reason I was able to really not focus on that last week was because every night I was with you guys talking about this team and podcasting and producing and editing. And it helps that the Knicks were good, but even if they had lost games, I would have these therapy sessions where John and you guys are one-on-one breaking it all down and what went wrong and talking about the offseason. And it would be the distraction that's necessary. So if we've been able to help you guys in any way, and in, in towards that, towards that distraction where we can just have fun and enjoy this team, you're welcome. But thank you for being that for us as well. Um, yeah, uh, J.M. Prego, the global reach of this, the global reach of the Knicks is because NYC is the greatest city in the world. Nobody in Slam earns a breath of air. No one in Slam yearns to breathe the air of OKC. <laughs> Uh, Chris Persian in Finland. Absolutely. Finland. Shout out to Finland. If you all the Knicks fans in Finland, we love you. Um, I think I'll take one more question. It could even be like throwing a baseball question if you want. That's the remember when John had me on like two weeks ago and the question was, are you okay being my producer? What if that answer was no? Like, what if I just like threw him a curveball and it's like, no, I'm not. I, you got me. I'm coming for the throne, John. I'm Stringer. You're Avon. Jeremy is Marlowe, and that's a reference he won't get because he hasn't seen The Wire. Um, yeah, like that. I, I have other interests, is what I will say. I am much more well. Like, he's an addict when it comes to basketball and the Knicks. That's why he is perfect for this. But um, yeah, I will. I will entertain you guys this last minute or two, if you'd like, with some non non NB MVP non. Oh, see, people are talking about Degrom, and I said MVP. Absolutely, Lafreniere, Kako. I would say Chris is Chris. Yes, buddy. Uh, I would say Lafreniere. I think his ceiling is higher. Uh, do you believe D Rose finals MVP? Oh, we're getting wild on here. Um, DeGrom is the goat. Uh, yeah, you better believe it. I'm, I don't want to talk too much. Talk Jacob DeGrom. Am I actually going to spend the last minute of this talking about Jacob DeGrom? Is DeGrom the best player in baseball? So, Here's what I'll say to the Met fans watching. 
Um, it, you know, to the Yankee fans too, that think Derek Cole, like that's even a conversation. I watched baseball my whole life. I, I tweeted this earlier today that Pedro and Randy Johnson were like my go-to for best pitcher you ever saw. And Kershaw had moments and the, the guys that benefited from bad umpires in Atlanta, like they were, they were good, you know, but like Pedro was so dominant during an era where guys were medically enhancing themselves that I always go to him as my default. DeGrom is getting close and it's to the point where it might not be close when he retires because he'll have this nine-year run where he was the best pitcher in baseball. And I don't like, it'll be so high of a peak that it won't even matter who's close anymore. You know, it'll just be so great that I got to watch him play for my team. It's my, my dad used to tell me about doc Gooden, the run he had in the eighties, Tom Seaver. Like this is, this is our version. He completes the Mount Rushmore all of a sudden of, of Seaver, Wright, um, DeGrom and Piazza for, for all time Mets. So, um, yeah, I, I think Jacob DeGrom might actually be a goat for me as far as greatest I've ever seen all time. Um, Vince C favorite Morgan Freeman movie. Oh my God. That legitimately hurt. Cause I have so many. The first movie that popped into my head was seven, but glory and Shawshank. I qualify them as Morgan Freeman movies. So like it's close. Um, set. Yeah. Futternick seven or glory. Yeah. Okay. I, I said the right ones. Now I will say like, is the dark Knight technically a Morgan Freeman movie? Cause I don't, like I think that's a Batman movie. That's a that's a Joker movie. So, but Morgan Freeman's in it. So, favorite movie that he was in? You know, I probably still go seven. Seven is what's in the box. That is a mind f of a movie. Um, <laughs> Anthony Vasquez. I'd rather pay Mitch, but now he's an injury prone player like Noel Cousins and Porzingis are all injury prone players. That fine. We'll end it on a basketball note. We ended on that. I would. I would rather pay. Um, I would rather oh, Unforgiven Manny. Oh wow. Okay. I that might be my pro that'll be my newsletter. Is that I'll go right ranked Morgan Freeman movies. Guys, this is always a blast when I get to fill in for John. Um, I think he's good for the rest of the year, although there's a West Coast trip that um, well, who knows? Maybe he'll have another godson that needs to have me or Jeremy fill in. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to all of those. <laughs> Someone said Bruce Almighty in the chat. <laughs> Um, that's a it's a more of a Jim Carrey movie than a Morgan Freeman movie. Although Morgan Freeman being God was perfect casting, along with March of the Penguins. Oh, quick story. So I went to DC like two weeks ago, and my girlfriend and I, because nothing's open, we went to the International Spy Museum. And when they give you like the montage at the beginning that tells you about the history of spying in this country, which watered down, if you ask me. Um so Morgan Freeman does the voiceover for like the history of spying in America goes all the way back to, and it's like, Oh my God, this just became that much cooler that there are spies in the country and they work in different all around the world. Um, uh, yeah, I, I Morgan Freeman, uh, hopefully if I could change Siri, I'm sure there is a way to do it. If I could change him to my, my Siri, I would. Um, so yeah. Chris Persiana, you only went there because nothing was open. What the hell is this International Spy Museum slander? All I'm saying is of the museums, there were not many open. So we went to D.C. and it was like, we'll walk the mall because the blossoms are coming out. And, you know, it was just a, a getaway at that point. And then when we wanted to go do something. Literally every national museum is closed in D.C. still, except the International Spy Museum. So, um, okay, I will wrap up. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have a new show with Jeremy, the, the normal Monday, sh normal Monday program dropping tomorrow night at midnight. Um, John will be on the post game after the suns on, on Monday night. And we've got plenty of stuff over at the Knicks film school merch store, New York. We hear the big 15 has won nine games in a row. 
Um, okay, Chris is correcting me that it's not just a national museum. It's an international. I'm not complaining that it was open. I'm saying it was the only thing open. I get it. It's an international spy museum. I, I we spent the whole morning there. Trust me. Uh, all that to say, Nixon won nine in a row. That hoodie is not moving. And you guys enjoy it as much as you can. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time.